Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, the Falcons are playing chess, not checkers, with Kayla McGarry. Trey Young is more important than you actually think. And last but not least, in for the culture, Ocho Cinco got a job. That's all coming up next, right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com today to get started. But I want to welcome in my main man, the man with the master plan, my man, Sam Crenshaw, is joining me today. Tanitra is still out. She'll be back with us on Monday. She will Are you sure she's going to be back? Are you sure she's going to be back? I don't know, man. You know, she feels – it seems like she's getting a little comfortable, you know, taking you all know the days I mean? off, Sam. So, I don't know. I'm about to give her a little flack, you know, when she said, hey, Jarvis, I need these days off. So, uh, you yeah. know, but, but, but hopefully she'll be back on Monday um, yeah. joining us and, and, and talk, talking some good Atlanta sports. But – uh, Sam Crenshaw, for those you don't know, where have you been, by the way? Because this man is a, a at least 30-year veteran in the sports broadcasting industry, former TV, television anchor, still television anchor to this day, long-time uh, television anchor, HBCU aficionado. Um, how about this uh, a high school football almanac in the state of Georgia? Like, like Sam is my guy. I actually call him the mayor, so – I'm a, if I refer to him as the mayor of Atlanta, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. But, yeah, Sam, welcome to the program, man. Thank you for uh, for uh, jumping on with me today. Hey, Jarvis, it's always great to spend some time with you, man. I appreciate the invite. Great to see you. As you're doing great things. I'm tremendous. Always proud of you and what you've done. I've watched and, uh, you know, watched you grow and your climb, and uh, I'm proud of the way you're continuing to climb, brother. My man, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. But, you know, you know, we talking about these Atlanta Falcons trying to climb now. Let's talk mm-hmm. about that because oh yeah, they, oh yeah, they haven't been in the playoffs in five years, Sam, and, and they are trying to make some moves that are necessary so they can have some long term success. And I think that with this particular move in Caleb McGarry, they did not place the franchise tag on them. So I, I think that with this move, though, Sam, this is one of those moves where they are playing the smart game. They're playing the long game and saying, hey, okay. We want you to come back, but we ain't trying to give you no $18 million and negotiate down. Well, we, we, we have a set number in our heads, and that's the number that we're willing to give. And I think that, you know, I think the Falcons did the right thing by not placing that franchise tag on Kayla McGarry. What are you? Well, you know what? If you had said this to me about a, mo- a week or two into the season last season, I would say, okay. But, okay. man, the way this line ended up playing – and the, the struggles they've had, I'm feeling a little possessive over these dudes, man. Yeah, and, you know, right, I'm feeling right. a little you possessive. I'm, a good thing. I'm yeah. feeling a little protective right now, you know. I mean, uh, because uh, we know how, how much the offensive line has struggled. Our expectations weren't the best for them going into last season. And as Absolutely the season not. went on, he's got, we got a 1,000-yard running back out of a rookie. 
you know, we saw some things last season that we hadn't seen in a while. Now we do want better pass protection, but we got a we got a moving target right now. We don't have a stationary quarterback. We got a guy that's moving, and while we still want to see more of him, we still want to see more of the young linebackers mature. We still want to see what happens with some healthy folk in the back end of the secondary. We want to see how uh, Kyle Pitts returns from his injury. That's a lot of if we want to see. We yeah. saw what this line can do, man. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? We saw yeah. what this line can do, an opportunity that it gives us. We also know that is our head coach's mentality, that, that, he, that, that, that he wants that as a part of the culture, that he wants desperately. Now, we talk about the cash, and Falcons got cash to spend, but we feel like the other side of the line is probably where you're going to really put that, 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 that cash as far as free agency goes. And you're going to want to spend some on your old line, especially if, if, if McGarry does go. But I like to think that he will feel a little loyalty to this team. We've been patient with him, doggone it. We've yeah, been patient with him. He's been hot and cold. Right. He's been hot and cold. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's about time he played. Yeah. And so for that reason, I'm curious to see what he does. If he's so anxious to go and seek some other place, when this place has been patient with him and a fan base has been patient with him. And, and uh, he finished the season so strong. And uh, and that's the reason why you hate to give up on something like that. But doggone it, we've been patient with him. And, uh, you know, and I know it's a business. I know <laughs> yeah. it's a business. He's in the prime time. Right now he's healthy, you know, and whatnot. And that's been, been the big, one of the big things with him always since he, since he landed here. And but I, you want to yeah. – go ahead. No, I was just going to say um, I, I really – I understand what you're saying when you're coming from when you're talking about like, hey, you don't want to mess up a good thing. But I, for me, I, I, it's hard for me to forget those first three years, right? Like, like you were terrible. I'm sorry. I'll go ahead and say it. You know, I, I know Sam, you're a nice dude, but that dude was not good his first three years. But when you, the thing about it that is, I get, I get a little nervous when, when guys finally figure out what they need to do in order to be better or to be able to sustain themselves in the NFL and get a second contract. And it seems like he didn't figure that out until after his third year. So, like, I don't know if I can trust it or trust that or invest in you long term and pay you like a top 10 tackle, you know, just off GP because, like, those first three years are in the back of my mind. Like, I can't – it's hard for me to forget that. I, put, is, I become a scoring woman when it comes to that type of stuff, Sam. But you know what? We in Atlanta. I've been around Atlanta a long time. And a lot of times we're giving up on guys just in time to go and see them go someplace and become all world. And, 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 and that's that's the thing he's showing us signs of last year. That yeah. he's, he's rammed to get this contract, go somewhere, and just and take off and be this pro bowler. Uh, possibly that we anticipated he might be when he was drafted originally uh, in, 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 on, on this team. Uh, so that's the thing that they have to decide. Like I said, I'm a little protective. I love having a thousand yard running back. I love what Me that too, does man. for this young quarterback you. coming in to work on, especially since it seems like we're not going to go out and bring somebody in to be a starter. It looks like we're not going to do it. And the division just got interesting with the addition down in New Orleans of what they solidified their quarterback situation. So that's the thing. You, you want to have the, the necessary infrastructure uh, around our quarterback if he's the one we're going to stick with. And uh, having that line stay congruent and together and continue to grow is a big part of it. Yeah, it's definitely a big part because when, one thing about, like, you don't have to have a lot of great guys up front. You got to have a cohesive group of guys that are used to playing with each other. And then when you, like you said, that is that that's still that stuck with me. That's some wisdom right there. Like when you get something good, you cultivate that thing. You don't break that bad boy up. But we'll see 
how that works out once um the new league year starts on the fifteenth actually next week. So yeah. we'll we'll have we'll have our answers pretty quickly as far as whether or not Caleb McGear is gonna be in a black and red uniform next year. But speaking of somebody who's not in the black and uh, black and red uniform anymore, Calvin Ridley. Sam, I don't know about you, man, but when all of these these rumors about what was going on with Calvin Ridley in, in the previous season, uh, not last year because he was suspended for last year, but the, uh, the the season prior to you know him getting suspended by the league, there were just so many rumors flying around and so many things about what he was going through. And then I actually got a chance to talk to him right before the London game. And it just seemed like something was wrong with him. And then for him to come out and write this story in the Players' Tribune, I really feel like it was probably cathartic for him. But I think just from an Atlanta sports fan, I was just like, man, like, dude, I I totally understand. And I wasn't hard on him back then, so it's not necessarily any guilt there. But I just think that a lot of people probably got a, some good insight into actually what he was going through by writing this piece on, on, on the Players' Tribune. Jarvis, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, my, my first encounter with, with Calvin Ridley was not at Flowery Branch. My, my first encounter with him was at Truist Park. And talk about a guy who came to the city with great intentions and yeah. was excited about being in Atlanta. He was out for a Braves game. They, they brought him out. It was not long after he got drafted. I think he came in town and had his press conference. And the Falcons sent him out to the ballpark, and he's out to Braves. And uh, I'm there in the dugout. He walks up, and I, I said, hey, how you doing? And like, Welcome to town. I said, you know, they have this guy out here that runs every night called The Freeze. I said, he says, I heard about him. I want to race him. I said, yeah, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I man. love it, man. You know, I yes. love it. I love a guy who yes, comes to yes. the city. He's yeah. studied the landscape. He knows what's happening here, and he wants to plug himself in. He yeah, won man. me over. He yeah, won man. me over, Jarvis. Yeah. And so it was tough to see him go through the, go through what, what, he, what he went through. Um, man, um, I hope that a lot of people will look at it a little bit of a different eyesight. We're still going to look at it because of what could have been. You know, yeah. if you imagine him now with a quarterback that moves with a young tight end and another wide receiver on the other side – what he could be with this team right now oh uh Ooh. yeah it, it, it leaves us thinking some stuff and but but to hear it from him what it, what was happening with him and the story inside i think makes it a little easier for for us to to uh to digest and to understand yeah that, that's kind of where i am with it as well because like i said like he was a guy that was always just always willing to talk man just mm -hmm. to talk ball and everything in the locker room and everything like that I, and you really appreciate that i know a lot of people like might i feel like that's kind of a big deal but there are some guys who just don't like talking to the media like yeah <laughs> and then so for him to be as gracious with his time as always and just for him to be able to open himself up to kind of like hey i understand what i understand i messed up but Here's here's some some background on on what I was going through, and he didn't definitely didn't have to do that, but I could definitely appreciate him for uh, bearing his soul, so to speak, uh, 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 through print like that. But think of one of the things, uh, uh, Sam, you know, is, is that's been very interesting to me as I was watching the, the game last night with the Atlanta Hawks is the fact that Trey Young out here playing some defense. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about that next. But first, I gotta tell you guys about FanDuel. You trying to win some money? Sam, you can do this too. Now, you know, for all the new customers, they got the no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. If you um you lose your lose your first bet, so you know if you lose your pants out there, you know you you about to be taken out of the house and home. They got some little money right there waiting for you. Just for you, that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. 
Just download the Fan, FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So, you know, t- tomorrow night against the Wizards, are you trying to figure out whether or not DeJounte Murray is going to shoot the over or under on, on how many threes? You can bet on that. They got the money line and the point scorers as well. So they got each and everything that you need to in order to win some money. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance for your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You and know what? That's right on time for March Madness, man. You oh, know, yeah. Right on. You know, right so, on yeah. time for March Madness. Yeah, My goodness. Come on, man. Like, it's wow. so many, so many things to bet on. So go out mm-hmm. there and go win some of that money. Now, don't yeah. lose your pants now. Because it's only no. after the first bet. <laughs> we, did, we, we did not tell you to do that. We did yeah, not tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, don't, don't, don't go crazy now. We, we want everybody to win around here on ATL Day 1s. But but um, Sam Crenshaw joining me uh, is filling in for uh, Tanitra today. She will be back with us on Monday. So, yeah, make sure you guys um, stay tuned for that. Now, Sam, the Atlanta Hawks get a dub last night, 122-120 to 120 against the Washington Wizards on the road with their pink uniforms. I'm still trying to figure that Ooh. one out. I'm, I'm not quite yeah. sure what, yeah. what this deal is or the direction. Great look. Yeah, man, I'm, trying, I'm still trying to figure that out. But I think one of the things that stood out to me, and even Quinn's not even talked about this in the postgame as far as what it is that's needed in order for them to win on a nightly basis. And I think that – I think I figured this thing out. And when it was – and it involves DeJounte Murray as well. Trey Young had three steals last night, Sam. DeJounte Murray had three steals. DeJounte Murray getting three steals, not that big a deal. But if Trey Young is out there getting three steals and he's hitting his shots, I think that's the key. That's the formula in order for the Hawks to, have, to show some consistency is Trey locking in on defense. Not locking down, folks. I didn't say that. I just say locked in, just staying focused. And I think that that's one of the things that I feel like the Hawks are going to have to do if they want any chance of getting to the actual playoffs. <laughs> Not the yeah. play-in, the yeah. playoffs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and I, I think that was the intention when the season began was for Ian Murray to really mirror each other in their performance. Yeah. Not just in their point production, but in every way. And if they're on the same page doing that, the Hawks are a very difficult team to beat. I don't care who you are. Uh, but we've had trouble getting that consistently on, on a nightly basis, uh, even some nights when they're both on offensively. Like you said, one is on defensively more so than the other. It takes both of them being plugged in the same way. And like I said, that combination uh, of them playing well offensively and defensively, you're throwing that Clint Capella double-double, that's winning games most yeah, nights. Man. That's yeah, winning, absolutely. and that's what makes this team the dangerous team that we all feel like they uh they should be. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing as far as with me, like I, I feel like one of the reasons why Quinn Snyder went on went on ahead and jumped in right now, like he ain't stick his toe in the water. He just jumped in, you know. He just he went skinny dipping. <laughs> he, he went skinny dipping, saying, "Hey man, I'm about to jump all in and try to see what's going on with his team." That's why I really appreciate him for doing that because you can see. I don't know about you, but I really see him getting that connection with guys like Trey, with guys like Dejounte Murray, and more importantly. A guy who I feel like is pretty much on the block. I know he's been on the trading block for the past few years in John Collins, but I think this year 
this right now this regime i don't know if he sticks around but i think one of the things that, that another thing that he said and he's talking about he had a conversation with john collins now go back to the miami miami heat game and I, that was one of the things that i pointed out that i thought that really stood out was the fact that he wasn't in the rotation john collins wasn't even in the game at six minutes to go in the fourth quarter and the one thing that I said I really respect about Quinn is the fact that he said he had a conversation with John about that. And John said, I understand. And then he had a conversation about the game last night when John went out there and hit, what, four threes last night? Yeah. And he has been shooting terribly from the arc. So I think that the relationships that he's building right now are going to be so valuable, not just for this season, but going forward, uh, Sam, and whether or not they actually keep him around. I think it's going to be nothing but good as far as what Quinn Snyder is doing right now as far as establishing some rapport with these guys and being honest with them. Jobs, I think you go back to this man uh, who's poured into Quinn Snyder. And I, and I covered uh, the last year he played up at Duke uh, when mm. I was working in North Carolina. And you got to remember the, the influences he had on his life. Mike Krzyzewski, and, and he, he was here under Mike Budenholzer. Of course, that's part of uh, Mark Popovich. Right. So talk about mentors the and tree, influences. Man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Very important, the coaching trees that he's a part of. Two legends, two Hall of Famers, two all-time great coaches are part of the resources. And obviously people he can reach into with people that he has taken things away from to bring to the mix for this particular team. Now, it prepares him for this type of situation uh, with, with a young team. I still say this team misses a veteran voice in the locker room. And I think that makes such a difference. I think it's underrated to not have that veteran voice to, you know, Gallo wasn't gone. Lou Williams wasn't here for, for this season. One of those two guys in that locker room to me makes a difference. Say, Hey, come here, close the door coach. We'll be back in a minute and get the guys in there and do that. There's nobody to do that. We right. got some great athletes, some great young basketball players, not a lot of experience in where we hope they're going to go to have somebody. And I go back to the old Hawks team when we had like Josh Smith and, and um, you know, um, been all the like Zaza and, and Marvin Williams and, and they plug in Mike Bibby. Mm, Mike yes. Bibby came yeah, in yeah. and all of a sudden that team came together and became a very dangerous team. It, it's something to be said for having that veteran voice that everybody respects in that locker room. For that we, for that reason, I kind of wish they would have brought Lou Williams back as almost a player slash coach because when the team took off, remember he had joined the team. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when, you know when, uh, when 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 Nate McMillan became the coach and that team took off to to go to the Eastern Conference Final to remind them this is what you did to get there. A lot yeah. of stuff has happened since this time. A lot of folks got some nice long-term contracts. Their pockets have got nice and heavy. Everybody and all ain't the good. Of, everybody <laughs> good, right? Good. Uh, all new houses out in California. Yeah, all that man. Kind of, all right, you know. you know what I mean? So you, mm-hmm. to me, you need somebody that they're going to respect and listen to to say, this is what got you where you are. John Collins definitely needs to hear that because he's gotten away from the guy that made him have the trade value. You yeah, know, man. what is his trade value now compared to a couple of years ago? So that's the thing. They needed that voice, and I don't, you know, I don't know how you make up for that. I don't know how Quinn Snyder makes up for that. Nate McMillan definitely. Nate McMillan, we're almost making him sound like Lenny Wilkins. Well, Lenny Wilkins was coaching. He didn't trust any young players. Poor no, Jason Terry. Yeah. Poor Jason Terry couldn't get on the court. Well, he loved, you know, Tyrone Corbin and, and, and oh, Mookie gosh. and Smitty. You know, all those old veteran guys. Yeah, you know what man. I mean? So yeah. that's what it almost makes Nate McMillan look like. <laughs> yeah, and, and and that's the thing that and. And another thing is, I'm, that's interesting that you brought it up because I, I feel like a lot of times, like when we 
when I bring out certain things about you know uh, Quinn Snyder as far as what I see and what I like, it's almost kind of like, oh, this what this was what uh, Nate Millen was Nate McMillan wasn't doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I ain't necessarily like that, but like a lot of times when when you, when you think about you know what Nate McMillan brought to the table. You know, he he was in that locker room when Lloyd Pierce was in it. It was stupid toxic. Like, nobody yeah. liked Lloyd Pierce back then. So, and he was sitting up here, okay, he was not necessarily like he was just waiting on him to pounce on a man's job when he got fired, but he was sitting up because there was some conversation to be had as to whether or not he'd be willing to take it because, you know, he and Lloyd Pierce had established a, a nice rapport with each other. So, but I, I think that when – him being right there and seeing what what was going on in the locker room, he can basically say, "Hey, I can just do the exact opposite, and and then I can, you know, maybe maybe we can do something." That's what he did. But when it comes to Quinn Snyder, man, I I don't I don't I think Nate McMillan's a solid coach, and I, he's not a bad coach. Like bad coaches don't get their teams to Eastern Conference Finals. It just doesn't. It doesn't. It just doesn't happen like that. You can say luck, whatever, however, matchups, all that good stuff. They ended up winning, and he was the head coach for that. So you have to give him some credit. But I, I'm really on board with, hey, Quinn Snyder, this is what Quinn Snyder is doing going forward, and, and it's not necessarily any type of shade going throwing towards uh, Nate McMillan as a, as a coach. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's good things. Let's see now if this Hawks can, can sustain some things. Let's get a string going. You've beaten this team once. you got them coming up again. And they're a little deceptive. You forget who all they have on their roster, talking about the Wizards. You forget who they have. You Christops, know, you wonder, Kuzma. Right, yeah. Right. And when people talk about teams in the East, you don't even hear people mention these guys. They threw a pretty good lineup out there at you. Yeah. Yeah, they got they got some guys that can get buckets, and that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, but uh but speaking of uh some production, you know, you know, Chad Ocho Cinco, Sam, um, that man got a job now. And uh we heard it's down in Florida. But he got on some different colors that he probably had never really put on before. And not yep. to be officially anyway. Well, we'll talk yeah. about that. But, but, but first, we have to talk about Locked On Sports Today. You know, you guys been checking us out, making us your first listen today, ATL Day 1s, that is. Why don't you go ahead and check out Locked On Sports Today and make it their, your second listen of the day. They are free and available wherever you download this podcast. And you can go check them out right there and get all the national news of the day. But, Sam. This is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. Sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get out on this show. All right. <laughs> you know, today is no different. Today is no different. Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson, for some of you folks who don't acknowledge that, that, that that's his real name or whatever. He changed his name to that. Um, he is going to be an ambassador for the fam you Rattlers. Now, I know a lot of people are probably saying, okay, where's the connection? For those of you who don't know, Chad will tell anybody that was willing to listen that he grew up going to those classics with his grandmother, and the first time that he went to the game was 1984. So, and to to I, I experienced the HBCU homecoming my for my first time. It was down in Morehouse. I was 17 years old, and I understand where Chad is coming from. <laughs> so I understand why he had a love. And affection for for FAMU uh, University, but shout out to Coach Willie Simmons and AD for for getting this thing down and trying to figure out how to connect and partner with this uh, with a guy that is very well known throughout the football community. Yep, and throughout the state of Florida. When you think about yes, it, it's not the first time absolutely. he's had to deal with those colors now, but it's at the opposite end of the state. 
Um, yeah. So that that's the other thing when you talk about trying to keep some of the talent home, which is something that Florida and them had a history of years ago. Um, but we're going back to the days of Jake Gaith, and that's why he had three three uh, three strings deep uh, down there because he had the state on lockdown. Those yeah. players were not leaving the state of Florida. They, they, they were coming to Florida A&M. Uh, and I like what Coach Simmons has steadily done. And I think that this could be their season. Of course, they moved to the SWAC, and just when the SWAC got really tough. But, you know, we got to tip our cap to that conference. They've held together. They've had no defections. No teams have left that conference. Uh, and, and, and uh, you know, the values, well, the value is up so much that the conference commission is getting sued. We ain't going to go down that slippery slope. Oh, yeah. But, 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 but you know, bro- there's a value in broadcast rights. Who yes. knew that there was value? Absolutely. We thought that was, people felt like there was no value at all for HBCU mm-hmm. athletics and broadcast rights. Now we got folks actually fighting over it. It's an amazing time. And what a time for Ocho Cinco to drop in. And, and hopefully that's something that will spark something, Jarvis, with some other recent NFL players of note. If you don't have the time to make the commitment to go in and be a part of the coaching staff, there's still a role that you can play yep. uh, that, that brings something to the HBCU, you know, athletic departments and to the football programs. I hope that this calls some other ones. Maybe everybody doesn't have the time to make the commitment that Deion Sanders made. You know, they don't have the time to do what's happening over at Tennessee State, you know, to make the commitment to come in and be a head coach. But yeah. to come in and play a role with the program, I think is uh, I think is tremendous. Yeah, I, I'm very, very on board with that because at the end of the day, man, like I know playing in HBCU at Albany State University, uh, shout out to Golden Rams, all my people out there. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> y'all, this, y'all got new coach. Y'all got new coach. Yeah, we got a FAMU alum and Quinn Gray. Yeah. Quinn quarterback yeah. played for the Jaguars. Oh, he was in the league for five years. Mm-hmm. Solid player. Mm-hmm. Really good player, by the way, coming out of FAMU. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're around the same age. So I definitely um, was paying attention to uh, Tallahassee when I was a uh, you know, maybe about an hour, hour and a half up the road. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, I wasn't really necessarily paying attention to Quinn, but, you know, I knew what was going on down there at Tallahassee. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but before we get out of here, Sam, uh, I got to talk to you about Sean Kemp and what went down. So apparently he had got into somebody with an, in a, a shopping mall parking lot. And then I, I saw the video this morning of him essentially just walking up to the, the car and just firing a shot. And uh, from what the report's saying is that he he feel he felt like that those people had stole something from him. Now, former athlete, gun, they got they stole something from me. Like, man, this is so similar to this other dude. Now, so, he didn't do what dude, he did. Yeah, yeah, but Kemp, Kemp can't get away. He's about six nine, dude. Man, yeah, you can't man. Him. He can't get away with stuff like that. And I don't know what provokes him uh, to to that point. And, uh, That's a I, weird I, I situation, really though, right? Yeah. It really is. It's a strange situation, and you know, I'm anxious to hear what all comes up as to what got to that point. But still, someone of his notoriety and someone that that community has embraced long after the team is gone, right, the community yeah. that still embraces him. Um, you know, to me, you have to have some forethought before you do the things that that you do in that regard. So we'll, we'll see what happens with the Rain Man. Um, you know, as he was called back in the day, but uh, you, you heard someone say, it's alarming because the big news has been one of our current stars in John Morant, a guy that we think will, you know, eventually be one of the faces of the league, of yeah, the NBA. Absolutely. 
And he's got that know, level of talent. Yes. Yep. And that's uh, and he's got that kind of talent, that kind of bravado, that kind of excitement, that kind of charisma that people get excited about. Uh, genuinely, wherever they come to town, it makes you hate that Atlanta's so close to Memphis, but they're in the West, so we only get one visit a season from these guys. I would love. That, that you know that Memphis and and uh, the Hawks could have like a rivalry, but we can't because we're the East and they're the West. Um, because but but um, you know you hope that things you know clear up and some things that you hear maybe not as bad as people think. Yeah, but using your chance and having not being discreet and holding a gun to let people see it is something yeah, that's something you just got to be smarter than that. You got to be smarter than that. Yeah, and that's one of the things that you know you know talking about. You know, Sean Kemp, I, I know I joked about it, but I think it's something that's real. Like, you don't want to be in a situation where, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, you remember such and such? Yeah, you know, he got into some trouble again with, with a gun. You know, speaking about John Morant, that is. Because, yeah. you know, Sean Kemp was an amazing, explosive basketball player, super yep. uber talent. And John Morant, same thing. You don't want to end up in a situation where wondering what could have been because you know how – things went for for Sean Kemp and his career and I I I don't want to see that again when when it comes to John Morant. So hopefully this time this time off uh, yeah. uh he going to take he'll take this time off to kind of really just put things in perspective and and and, and hopefully move forward man because at, playing around with guns and the clubs and stuff man I I I I've, I've lived that life not not carrying guns, but you know, I used to work security in my previous uh, previous life, um, so I know yeah. how that story ends every time, and it's yeah. it's, it's not, not good. That we, yeah, it's not good. It's never it's never good. positive, never positive yeah. at all. No, so, no. So we want to see him clear that up. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, well, Sam, man, I don't know. They say time flies when you're having a good time, so. Yeah, or a good man. conversation. Like, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt about it, man. <laughs> I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you coming on with us today, and then uh, we also thank you for listening to ATL Day Ones and making it your first listen. Like I said, always, 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 after you make your first listen, ATL Day Ones, go ahead and stop by Locked On Sports today. They got all the national news. They even have the take of the day where you don't know what they could be talking about. They could be talking about Sean Kemp pretty soon, I'm sure. So you can find it wherever you find this podcast. And Sam, I always tell people, you know, uh, each and every day, if there's one thing that they don't do, I want to make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure that they share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.